Welcome to the first podcast from craftbeeracademy.com. This podcast is going to be titled The Craft Beer Showdown, because every episode will be a showdown of sorts between two things in the craft beer world. By comparing two contrasting things, be them breweries, beers, styles, glasses, or even seasons, I hope to give you some knowledge and information you may have wanted to know, or at least give you my opinion on it. Think of this as Thunderdome for beer. Two beers enter, one beer leaves. Okay, enough with the movie quotes. It's too early in the podcast for that. I'd rather keep you listening than scare you off this quick. For this first podcast, I thought I'd tackle a topic that confuses a lot of people starting in the beer world. We use the terms craft beer and craft brewery a lot, and even mix it up with microbrewery. Most of us know that our dogfish head beer is very different from a Budweiser, but most people don't know exactly why this is. It's not only the taste or style of beer that is different here. The major difference is what goes into the beer and how it is made. This being said, our first showdown is craft breweries versus macro breweries. Now, before we jump in just start giving those topics their weapons and let them fight it out all master blaster style, let's take a closer look at what each of these really are. Craft brewery is actually a term given to a brewery that meets a specific set of criteria. As defined by the Brewers Association and craftbeer.com, an American craft brewer is a small brewery that produces 6 million barrels of beer annually or less. A standard full-size keg you see in a bar is actually a half barrel. A craft brewery must also be independent. This means that 25% or less of the brewery can be owned or controlled by an alcoholic industry member who is not themselves a craft brewer. This means that 75% of the craft brewery must be owned or financially controlled by craft brewers. The last major qualifier for a brewery to be craft is their ingredients. The craft brewery must have a flagship beer that is all malt, or have at least 50% of its volume in all malt beers. So basically, this means that the brewer must use malt in the majority of beers brewed by the craft brewery. You'll see why this is important when we get into the macrobrewery. So, as you can see, the basic idea behind craft breweries is quality and innovation. Keeping production small so quality can be the focus, not quantity. Now that you have a basic idea of what the craft brewery is, let's take a look at what a macrobrewery is. A macrobrewery is defined as a brewery that produces more than 6 million barrels of beer per year. This term refers to major breweries you probably see ads for in magazines and television. They include Anheuser-Busch, Coors, Pabst, Miller. Unlike craft breweries, the only deciding factor here is quantity. Other than that, there's basically nothing else that keeps a brewery on this side of the fence. To produce a beer on such a large scale, most macrobreweries use adjuncts for their fermentable material. An adjunct is an unmalted grain that is used for brewing beer in place of the standard malted barley. Common adjuncts include corn and rice. These are much cheaper to brew with than malted barley, which is why macrobreweries use them. For example, rice is a key ingredient in Budweiser. This is why a case of Budweiser is so much cheaper than a case of good craft beer. While cheaper, most adjuncts leave a light, empty flavor in the beers they are used in. Macro beers are, by definition, made to appease the masses. Most people don't like heavy hops, malt, or other flavorings, so these weaker beers, both in flavor and ABV, tend to appeal to the masses more than a good IPA or stout. Macro breweries focus on quantity over quality of the beer. That is not to say the quality control is poor, however. Macro breweries are one of the most steady in regard to beer quality, as they strive to make every beer taste the exact same year after year. The majority of these popular macro brews are lighter beers in both ABV and style. For example, again, Budweiser 
is a lager that is filtered and processed to be as light on taste as possible. At the time of this podcast, Miller Lite is the top beer in the macro market and shows the lighter idea of beer. Macro beers tend to focus on an idea of beer and not the, not the beer itself. These can be seen in many commercials and even the websites for these beers. Look at a craft brewery site like SierraNevada.com, for example, and you'll notice the page focuses around the beers they make. Checking out MillerLight.com shows a video on the main page about guys hanging out with a band. Obviously, one cares about the beer, and one cares just about selling you the beer. Okay, so now you hopefully understand what the basics of a macro brewery are as well. Now let's compare the two and see who wins. I know who I have my money on. Craft breweries, with their focus on quality and innovation, are obviously strong contenders in the battle. Craft breweries gain market share every year, and new breweries continue to open. There are over 2,000 breweries in the United States. 97% of these are craft breweries. Even with this number being so high, U.S. craft brewers only represent about 9% of the total U.S. market. This shows how popular macro breweries are. For quality and innovation, the craft breweries win for sure. But for the fact that macro breweries can produce 91% of the beer consumed in the United States, without faltering, they have to at least get a little credit. The credit fades, however, when you realize that these macro breweries are owned by and operated by huge conglomerates such as AB InBev. Since you would expect such a massive global company to be able to produce something so large. Craft breweries are driving the quality side of the market, which is why they continue to grow in number, size, and total volume. Some craft breweries are even gaining a national foothold and starting to challenge the big guys. Take Samuel Adams, for example. This craft brewery has a team of 750 employees and is currently the largest American-owned brewery. This being said, they are still have less than 1% of the total beer market in the U.S. Sam Adams is mentioned not only because they are the largest craft brewery in the U.S. currently, but also because the limit on production is set by them as well. This limit was originally set at 2 million barrels annually, but was up to make sure Sam Adams was included in this term. Craft breweries are known for their connection to the communities, too. Most craft breweries volunteer time, beer, and money to various community programs and projects. Check out your local brewery and see what I mean. You will more likely than not find some community program or project on their website or at the brewery itself. Personally, small craft brewery local to me, East End Brewing, organizes a bike ride twice a year to support local autism programs and local biking programs. I don't remember seeing Budweiser doing anything lately in my town. It's not uncommon to stop at your local brewery and also be able to talk to the brewer, him or herself. It's this connection with the people making your beer that gives a sense of connection with the beer itself that we all love. It's what they love to do, which is why they brew, and that shows in their finished product. The independence that a craft brewery has also allows it to be better than one of the big guys. Without controlling factors that are not brewers, the beer stays as it should and generally isn't interfered with by penny pinchers and those looking to make a quick buck. This also helps the innovation side of this equation. The craft brewer can innovate with new and untried products and additives, which can help make brand new beers and things that have never been on the market before. Things that the big guys like Budweiser and Miller just can't do. So, after looking at these two types of breweries, the winner here is obviously the craft brewery, but with a caveat. Don't ignore the macro breweries and what they do, because as the craft beer industry continues to grow, it will start to be a threat to the macro guys. 
This means that more craft breweries will get picked up by large macro brewers, for example, Goose Island. The other thing that you need to give the macro brewery credit for is driving the beer market as a whole. Without the macro brewery out there pushing that 91% of the total beer consumed, the smaller breweries wouldn't be able to have their beer in your distributor. Your distributor wouldn't be able to, to pay for it, wouldn't be able to support it. So that macro brew is actually helping keep your micro brew in your distributor and in your bar. So basically support your local craft brewery. And if you don't have one local, just support a good one. You'll get great beer, they'll get to stay in the game and hopefully be contenders not only in quality and innovation, but in market share too. It's the support that we, the craft beer community, give the craft breweries and make them strong. Without our support, most would fade away, leaving only the macro breweries. So, while craft brewers and the breweries they work for continue to grow, and are the obvious winners in this battle, they can always come back and try again. So that's it. That's podcast number one in the books. I hope you enjoyed this and maybe even learned something. A new podcast will be out every week, so make sure you check back and, you know, subscribe. Also, check out uh, craftbeeracademy.com for more information and knowledge on the craft beer world. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.